Happy birthday, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> no, just just like it. Just playing it. Just feeling it. All right. Stan Van Gundy is joining us here Woo-hoo! in studio again. Stan, welcome back. Glad to be here, Travis. Yeah, it's good. So let's start with the conversation that Key and I were having a little earlier. There's a report in the LA Times today talking about how the Lakers are basically putting their four young guys, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Alonzo uh, Ball, and Brandon Ingram, and putting them in a no, you can't have them category unless there's a star player coming back the other way. Are you surprised that they've, they've decided at this point in the season that those guys are not on the block at all? Well, again, they are on the block if they get the right guy. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all that they have them off the market to bring in other role-type guys. I mean, not only are these guys you can build with, but you've got guys under rookie contracts uh, in, in today's financial markets. I mean, that that's huge to stay under the cap and create space and flexibility. So no, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, what's the challenge? I mean, and maybe the challenge is different from a coach than it would be for an executive because those, those are different things and different timelines but the balance between i have a chance to do something now i have a chance to get a player that can help me now for this season relative to i have a player that maybe isn't quite where i need him to be right now but i think he's going to get there ultimately and trying to balance those two things well it's hard but i think for the lakers i mean part of it's how your season's going the lakers season's going very well right now i don't think they need to do anything i certainly wouldn't go out and give up a player to try to to get a player like I, I don't like the idea of trading uh, KCP um, to create room for Trevor Ariza I, I don't like that I, I think they'd be better off just playing the buyout market when it happens in March as long as they can hang in the race uh, the way they are now because you like KCP or because you don't think Trevor Ariza gives them what they need well I think KCP can give them most of what Trevor gives them plus I think KCP if they were to get to the playoffs KCP gives them their best chance of guarding point guards of guarding Steph Curry of guarding Russell Westbrook it's been two guys he's probably done as good a job as anyone in the league in guarding throughout the course of his career and he's starting to play better early in the year he didn't play well and that sort of baffled me because he's always gotten himself ready for seasons, but but if you look at the last seven or eight games, he's starting to play well. He's a veteran guy with toughness. I, I would hang on to him. Stan, what's it like when you have a player and, and it gets out? That maybe you're looking, maybe you know, the, and and a guy na- is named specifically in it, like the rumor about Ariza for KCP, and maybe there's a third team, and he's still a part of your team, but maybe he's on his way. As a coach, how do you try to make sure that he's at least present for the time you have him? Because maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, maybe he ends up staying but his mind is elsewhere thinking hey maybe they don't want me here yeah it is difficult there's no question it's more difficult with some guys than others some guys are more sensitive to that than others I I think KCP has had his name in trade talks before I think it's something he's certainly strong enough to handle but it's still not easy for anybody now um, I'm sure Luke is talking to him on a daily basis and letting him know how much Luke appreciates what he's doing. His playing time's actually been going up, so there's some good signs for him, too, and I think you can get him to buy in. We spent a lot of time talking about who was going to be LeBron's number one running mate when the, when LeBron came here, and the, the four guys that we're talking about, I mean, probably, if we're being completely honest, it was probably three, whether it was Alonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma, that Hart felt an important piece, but maybe not going to be that number two option that they have. It seems like Kyle Kuzma 
especially with Brandon Ingram getting back from that injury and the opportunities that have come along with it, has kind of established himself as that guy, as the number two guy. Did, did, did it feel to you like he was the most likely candidate for that position from the beginning? Well, I thought it would be Ingram, to be quite honest, but, but Kuzma's been great. And, and I think the thing about Kuzma that's been really impressive to me um, is he's been so consistent over the course of the year. And then the second thing is that the Lakers have been able to thrive as much as they have defensively um, with him playing as many minutes as he had because he's not a great defender, but he's gotten better and he seems to have bought into it now. Um, you know, LeBron probably helped in that regard. Stan, can you make somebody a good defender? I mean, if they're not a great defender, can you turn them into a pretty good one? Is it is it technique? Is it buy-in? Is it want? Is it just deciding that you're going to do it? Or do you have to just kind of have a knack for how to do it? Well, I Look, I, I think first it starts with how committed the guy is to doing it. If the guy is committed and understands the importance of it, then yeah, you can help him a lot defensively. Um, you know, teaching him technique and positioning, rotations, things like that. Watch film with him and everything else. If the guy's not committed, no, he's never going to defend, and probably you're you're not going to be able to change that. Yeah, what's the balance if you got a guy that's just looking at you like no? no. I mean, maybe he doesn't, he's not saying no, but he's telling you no without saying it. But he does a lot of other things that you need him to do. You just kind of accept it and roll with it and understand that this is what I've got. Yeah, well, you keep trying to push it. I mean, every coach, nobody's just going to let it go, but you keep trying to push it. But yeah, you, you put him out there still because he can play. I mean, some of them even say it, right? Jabari Parker came out right at the beginning of the year. I don't play defense. Yeah, and they don't pay people to play defense, which isn't really true. Um, and. You know, the guys like that are going to be tough to get buy-in from. But um seems to me Kuzma and the entire Laker team is bought in. Um, when I was here earlier with you guys, we were talking probably a month ago, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about how their offense was good, but their defense wasn't. Now they're a top-10 defensive team since Tyson Chandler's come. They've looked really, really good. Tyson Chandler has helped a lot, and it does seem since the last time you were here, before you were here, LeBron was playing well. LeBron, his numbers looked almost identical to what he'd done career-wise, just as far as points, assists, rebounds. Everything looked... But then it seemed like he went to a different place and started playing differently, more aggressively, had the ball in his hands more. Was it a conscious decision, you think, on his part? Just, okay, I'm ready to go now. I know what I have. I know what I need to do with this group of guys. Yeah, I I think that's a great point, Travis. I mean, you know, he's he's feeling out his teammates and trying to give them some opportunities, trying to figure out where they are now when it's time to win games. He takes over, balls in his hands, and he's going. It was interesting because you saw comments from from Magic and even a little bit from Luke of, you know, they don't want him having to do too he much. He didn't seem to like those comments. Not at all. Yeah. And look, he's been a guy who's always pushed back about him needing to play fewer minutes and everything else. He wants to be on the floor. And it's amazing to me. I mean, last year and what we've seen this year – um, He's not only not on the decline, the guy may be getting better. I mean, it's scary to opposing coaches. Is he still the best player in the league? Uh, I don't know about that right now, but he's certainly in the conversation. And to me, that's about all you can ask for. I mean, he's right there with Durant and, you know, and Tedekwompo and and all of those guys, Kawhi Leonard. um, And and it's a short list of uh, people. Does it feel to you, we we, we were talking about this too, Stan, that 
the Lakers are ahead of schedule. That Magic and Rob, going back to last season, going into free agency, they're saying, hey, look, we're going to do everything we can to get LeBron and other guys, but this is a two-year process. That By the time we're done with this two years from now is when we're going to be back. Keyshawn interviewed Magic, and Magic said, we're back now, but we're going to be back, 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 back in a couple of years. Are they ahead of schedule? You look at the standings, and the West is bunched together. LeBron is still like you said, in the conversation, the best player in the league. You see Kyle Kuzma starting to play better. You see moments where Lonzo Ball looks fantastic. Are they ahead of schedule? Well, they're ahead of where I would have thought they would have been. I, I thought even with LeBron's greatness, you know, they wouldn't be where they are now, seven games over five hundred. I thought they would have flirted with that 500 mark all year. I should know by now not to underestimate <laughs> LeBron's uh, impact on a, on a basketball team. But I will say even at 17 and 10, it's tenuous, right? We're seeing the Clippers go through it. They were number one. Now they've lost four out of six and they've got 10 straight games coming up against teams over 500 right now. So it's tenuous when you're in the West in a 14 team race. We've never seen anything like this. Will there be uh, separation? The will we see? I mean, Golden State feels like inevitably they're going to pull away from the pack, but will we see anybody else do it? I don't think we'll see anybody else pull away. Um, you know, last year we had Golden State and Houston pull away. Maybe Oklahoma City or Denver. Uh, we'll pull away from the pack a little bit. But I think for the most part, we're going to have a race, and all 14 teams are going to be in it, I think, still at the All-Star break, which I'm not sure we've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's usually by now you've got maybe nine, sometimes ten. Like you said, you look down, the Houston Rockets are in 14th place, and they're three games out of a playoff spot. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely incredible um, how tough the West is right now. And... You know, you play poorly or, or get an injury for two weeks, and you do exactly what Portland's done. Portland struggled lately. I think two weeks ago they were third in the West, mm-hmm. and now they're out of a playoff position. I mean, yeah, and you're going to go back and forth like that all year. So a big part of it for most of the teams in the West, everybody that doesn't wear Golden State on their jersey, is how you're going to be able to handle those tough times and bounce back. Now, you mentioned Golden State. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry going back and forth on which of their dynasties was better. Plus, you mentioned the Clippers, too, and some space that they have. There's some thoughts that maybe they're going to be incredibly active in the free agent market. What does that mean for the Lakers? We will get into all of that. That is coming up. Stan Van Gundy in studio with us. That's next. Stan Van Gundy joining us here in studio. Keyshawn, LZ, and Travis. So yesterday, we spent some time talking about the free agents that are coming up. And KD can opt out of his contract. Kawhi Leonard, obviously, in Toronto is available. And because the Lakers are the biggest team in the market, because the Lakers are the team that we spend most of our time talking about, it's how do you fit one of these guys into the Lakers? The Clippers have put themselves in a position. They've got, the, they got a good coach. They've got Jerry West as a part of it. They've got an owner that's incredibly aggressive and ambitious. They're going to build a new arena here in town. Could the Clippers kind of go in here and mess this whole thing up for everybody and grab a couple of those guys? Well, look, yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned, I mean, they've got a lot of selling points. You know, L.A.'s a selling point in itself. They've got an owner with basically unlimited assets. Um, they've got a coach that is, is highly respected um, around the league. So, 
yeah, they've got a chance to be in play for everyone. I mean, the guy who's the game changer in the whole thing, Kawhi's a great, great player. But if he comes to the West and, say, Durant stays in Golden State, you're probably not going to have enough to beat them. Durant's the game changer. Mm-hmm. Because if he leaves Golden State, now Golden State's not the same team, and whoever he goes to is a lot better. You team him up with Kawhi, or you team him up with LeBron, and, and all of a sudden you've got a real race in the West. It's it's fun to think about because one, I'd love to see him come to LA and play for the Lakers. But it just the, what the Warriors are doing right now—they're going for their third consecutive championship. They're going for their fourth and last. It doesn't happen even even since the Celtics a million years ago. Even the dynasties, Michael's Bulls and the Lakers and the Celtics and the, the teams that we've seen run through this—that doesn't happen. I have a hard time imagining Kevin Durant walking away because all of those guys are still right in the smack middle of their prime. Well, yeah, and that's it's the same thing with Kawhi a little bit. The thing that, to me, you have to realize is both of those guys, as much as L.A. has to offer here, both of those guys would have to walk away from great franchises and great cities. Also, Toronto mm-hmm. and San Francisco are terrific cities. So, you know, they would have to make a big change and... Where they are, they have proven success. They're going to have to head into the uh, to the unknown a little bit. Well, Toronto beat up the Warriors a little bit last night, and they did it without Kawhi. It, 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 it feels funny because, obviously, LeBron's not in the East anymore, and that seemed to be their kryptonite, Toronto specifically, that they just couldn't get past LeBron. Is it different now that Kawhi's there? Is it different now because LeBron is there and we... Boston's loaded up. Philly's obviously a very interesting team. Antetokounmpo's having a great year in Milwaukee. But is this the year that Toronto gets there? Well, right now, they look like the best team in the league. Like What's really amazing is they're the best road team in the league. And they're 7-1, and one, all on the road, without Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, and they've beaten the Lakers on the road. They've beaten the Clippers on the road. They've beaten Utah on the road. And now they've beaten Golden State on the road, all without Kawhi. I mean, it's really an How amazing do, thing. How are they yeah. doing it? Well, what happens is every time he goes... Uh, down, Kyle Lowry gets more of an offensive role like he did last night, which helps. But they've gotten much more offense out of Serge Ibaka than he's had in a long time. And then the development of Pascal, Pascal Siakam has been incredible. I mean, I, he's a guy, quite honestly, I thought was just going to be a an energy guy, a defender, a rebounder, a runner off the bench. And now he's proven to be a quality NBA starter. How often does that happen where a guy that you think is A... And it, 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 there's a role for him in the NBA, whether it's like you just described. And all of a sudden, a year or two goes by, and I'll say, whoa, he's a lot better than I thought. Can you usually identify this is this role that this guy's going to play in the league, and then he's becoming something far different? Well, yeah, you usually can sort of identify it, but but it happens frequently that you know guys become more than that. And, and uh, I, I think he's been a huge uh, reason that Toronto's off to where they are. But I think you'd have to look at it right now and say that they've been the best point, best team in the league to this point. Now, the Warriors remain the, uh, the odds on favorite when it's time to go. Um, but, but right now, Toronto looks like a legitimate threat. Stan Van Gundy joining us here in studio. And you mentioned that Katie's kind of the, the, the piece that's holding all this together, deciding on what he wants to do and where he goes, whether he opts out or not and goes and, and looks into free agency. When you saw the comments that he made about the Lakers and LeBron specifically, about how the environment, and not that LeBron is toxic, but that the environment around LeBron gets toxic because of fanboys and everything else, did Key said something? He goes, "Look, you got to understand. He's just that. That has not, don't." 
take that for what it means. You need to understand that that means something different. When you saw that, when Katie described the Laker environment as a toxic one, did you kind of file that away as that's a place he's probably not going to go? Not, not really, not necessarily. I do think it was sort of Kevin Durant's way of saying, I thought that he doesn't get enough credit himself. I mean, a little bit of jealousy there on the way the media uh, treats LeBron as opposed to the way he thinks he is treated by the media. I think that was the uh, main point. You know, he also had that article come out where he was talking about the greatness of uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant Mm -hmm. didn't put LeBron into that conversation of of guys he he wanted to, you know, watch all the time. And, And I think it's a competitive environment. That's two of the best, if not the two best players in the league. He's competing against LeBron and doesn't think he gets enough credit, really doesn't want to give LeBron more credit. Is LeBron difficult to play with? No, I think he's easy to play with because he's a guy who helps everybody um, get better. The The problem is, and where Kevin Durant was right in this whole thing, is if you're the other guy, you know, the other star or the other stars, you know, really all you're going to get is blame if things don't go well. Kevin Love, the Kevin Love role. Kevin Love is yeah. just, you know, perennial all-star who got blamed for everything that went wrong when they struggled and never got any credit when things went went right. That's going to happen if you play with LeBron, okay, all the time. And I think the bigger thing for the stars, you're not going to have the ball in your hands all the time. Now, he'll help you get easy shots. But a guy like Durant, a guy like Kawhi Leonard, those guys... You know, they they may say, hey, you know what? I want to make the plays. I want the ball in my hands. I would think that's an incredibly difficult adjustment. Not an impossible one, but a difficult one to go from a role where it's running through you. Kevin Durant and, like you said, Kawhi Leonard, that they have the ball in their hands a lot, that they're the ones that are going to at least initiate what they're doing the vast majority of the time. And now, all of a sudden, you're in a secondary role to a player that's as good, if not better, than you are. To, To adjust your mentality to that, I think would take a lot of time at best if not being impossible to do altogether. well it's hard i mean it's what Kyrie irving went through in in cleveland and he wanted to be the guy and have the ball in his hands he wanted to go somewhere else i I think he appreciated lebron's talents i think he enjoyed you know being able to play at a high level and go into the finals and winning a championship and all of that but he wanted to do more that's hard to do with lebron now the Lakers front office has tried to put more playmakers around him so he doesn't have the ball all the time. Bottom line is, you're not going to have anybody better with the ball than LeBron. <laughs> so when it's time at the end of games, he's always going to have it. Yeah, and far be it for me to criticize Magic Johnson's basketball acumen. I mean, but it just, it, to your point, that the idea of having other guys that are playmakers, I get, but when it comes time to, I need buckets in the last four minutes of a close playoff game, I'm not giving it to somebody that isn't LeBron James. No, absolutely not. And I don't think that's going to change much, even if they go out and find another star. And so their challenge is going to be to go get a star who's willing to take on the role that they're going to have to play, have a thick enough skin to deal with some of the criticism that inevitably comes, but is sort of over all the stats and credit and all of that stuff and just wants his best chance to win. That's the kind of guy you're going to have to find. I wonder if it wouldn't be easier to 
grow one of those as opposed to go and get one of those. Because if they get like Kyle Kuzma coming up has been the center of attention to a point, but never Kevin Durant has been an MVP. The, the, the Kawhi Leonard has been an MVP of the, the NBA finals. So those guys have, they've got their stripes. There's nothing about that that we don't know. Whereas, to come in and and I don't I don't know the right word, but to subjugate yourself to a certain level as the second to LeBron James, I think would be difficult. Whereas if I'm coming, there's no rivalry between Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James. There's no rivalry between Brandon Ingram and LeBron James. They're clearly second to him. Is it easier to just find one in house than to try and pull one in? Well, it may be, and 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 I think you've got two possibilities. It will be easier anyway. The young up and coming guy. And then the guy who's maybe just inched out of his prime and knows that he doesn't can't be that guy on a championship level team, but he can still play at a very high level. I mean, obviously the guy they had in mind was Paul George, mm-hmm. and he would have been a great, great compliment to LeBron and a great player at both ends. A guy like that, maybe, who doesn't dominate the ball but still finds a way to score. There's not a lot of those guys around. Yeah, it, it's... And I don't mean this to sound as, as an insult because I don't mean it like that, but it just, there are some guys that are very comfortable in a secondary role that don't have to be the primary guy. I think Paul Gasol was a great example of that. He was comfortable being second to Kobe. He was happy to be the best player on any given night, but he was comfortable in that role as number two. There's not a lot of guys that are naturally comfortable there. No, it, no, it's hard. And, and, and to find somebody who's going to do it to LeBron James and everything else. It's not going to be easy. Now, I, chances are they're going to get somebody, you know, and you think one of the Do you think they'll make a move this year? I think they'll try. Not during the season. I yeah. think they'll wait, and I think they'll try very hard in the offseason. But I think they tried to get a second guy last year and weren't able to quite um, pull it off. So I don't think it's a given. Um, but I think they'll eventually get somebody here. Um, but it may not be Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. So <laughs> Shaq was saying that his version of the Lakers, the Kobe Shaq Lakers, the early 2000 Lakers, would beat the Warriors. Steph came back at him last night and said, no, no, we'd take care of those guys. And it's it's one of those impossible questions to answer. But we were having the conversation, and I wonder, and not that there are any of these guys lying around that you could pick up, but Shaq, to me, is the great question mark in this whole thing, that the Warriors, as great and as talented as they are, and as many good players, and as well as they shoot the ball, and the pace at which they play, it's unique and it's exciting, but would they have an answer for Shaq? Is Shaq the great equalizer in this? Just the, the seven-foot dominant guy that there nobody can guard. Yeah, and they wouldn't be the only teams that didn't have an answer to Shaq. No right. one ever did. I right. mean, no one ever did. Shaq, probably since Will Chamberlain, has been you know the biggest force in the game. I mean, with his size, his quickness. His intelligence. I mean, a guy really knew how to play and could pass the ball. I mean, yeah, he would, he right there would even it up. It's an actually an interesting question. The games are so different now. And I still think the Warriors have more good people. Um, so you take Shaq and Kobe against Durant and Steph Curry. All right. But where's Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, mm-hmm. you know, with those Laker teams? So I tend to trend toward the uh, Warriors, but, but yeah, Shaq would be the X factor there. Could they contend with them at all? The other question would be, though, who's he going to guard when they go right. to Draymond at the five? I mean, that would be such an interesting matchup. The, the, you mentioned that the game has changed so much. Is this just the, the, the newest thing, the latest thing? Or will we see a, a an NBA? You, you, let's use Shaq as an example. 
if somebody with the physicality of Shaq shows up again, again, it doesn't come around very, but a guy that is big like that, that's powerful like that, that's skilled around the basket like that, will we see another center in that? Or are the centers that we're going to see more like Embiid, a guy that can step out and make a three, that likes to step out and, and take a three, it's got a little bit of a handle. Will we ever see a guy that just anchors down by the basket the way that Shaq did? Well, if we find somebody as good as Shaq, I'll go with them. The problem is, Travis, that players are watching the game, young guys growing up. And they're not seeing that low post center, and they're seeing big guys out shooting threes, and so they all want to do it. So we're not developing those type of guys. There's still a place for those guys. You drop Shaq in the NBA right now in his prime, and you'd throw him the ball in the post 25 times a game, and you could play darn good basketball. Do, was there anybody in the league? That, I mean, like you said, there was nobody in the league then that could deal with them. But if the way that the floor is spread, the way that there aren't a lot of guys in the paint typically possession in and possession out, I mean, I wonder what sort of damage he could do if all of a sudden, if you could just teleport him back to his prime in this league with the way that he plays. Well, yeah, and with the amount of shooting and the emphasis on the three now, there wasn't that emphasis on the three-point shot before. Now, you put shooting around Shaq, and one of the most underrated part of Shaq's game, Shaq was such a great passer, Mm -hmm. you decide to double-team him, he's going to pick you apart. You don't double-team him, you can't play him one-on-one. I mean, we have a, a any version of it from an offensive standpoint, you know, right here in L.A. with Boban Marjanovic. I mean, I had him in Detroit. The guy is literally at the offensive end of the floor unstoppable. You're going to foul him or he's going to score. Mm-hmm. Shaq would be that to the nth degree and with more athleticism. So uh, there's no question that guys like that can be effective. It would be an interesting contrast in styles. Um, the games may be in the 150s because I'm not <laughs> sure anybody could stop anybody. Right. It'd be fun to watch. I, so so who wins? If you could put this version of the Warriors against the best version of those 01 you know, Lakers, if you, had, if you had to pick one, who do you pick? A seven-game series. So right now with the Warriors team, with virtually no size at all I think I would tend to uh, I would tend to pick Shaq's team but if you just go back a year and, and you get JaVale McGee and Zaza Pachulia mm-hmm. at least guys with some size I'd take the Warriors so let's take a look at the Western Conference and what's going on right there and, and start at the bottom because it's just it's bizarre and I thought that they would back up a little bit because one they were fantastic last year you don't win what was it 67 games very often that's pretty unusual but that the that the Rockets are second to last. The only team they're better than is the Phoenix Suns right now, at least as far as the record go. It's not early anymore. I mean, we're we're nearly to Christmas. We're nearly to the point of the unofficial start of the NBA season. Are they going to figure it out? Are they going to get back into the mix? Or is it possible that a team that won 67 games and just missed the finals a year ago doesn't even make the playoffs? It's certainly possible. I mean, they're going to be in that group of teams um, – you know, three through 14, four for through 14 fighting for a spot. It is sort of amazing uh, what's gone on. And, and, you know, you had the injuries and Chris Paul's suspension early on. And so, you know, I kept saying, oh, they'll be fine. Then they came back and they played well and you thought they were figuring it out. And then they have it. Now, their offense has come back. They're the number six offense in the league. So, everybody talks about what they've lost with the shooting. They're, they're fine offensively. I don't know that we've ever seen a team drop this much defensively in one year. So they were a top quarter of the league defense. Now they're a bottom quarter of the league defense, and it's not getting any better. Is it just because Trevor Ariza and Bamute left? Is that why their defense is so much worse? 
You know what? Those guys are really good defenders and and big losses. Absolutely no question about that. Um, But it's got to be more than that. Um, You know, you wonder about the commitment to it um, in what they're doing. Also, I will say that, uh, you know, they do a lot of switching and so many teams in the league now are doing a lot of switching. The teams are starting to figure it out and attacking it better. I think that has hurt them a little bit. Um, and, and probably, you know, it, it's hard bouncing back after a great year. And I think they have so much confidence offensively um, that they just think they're going to be able to get it done. You're listening to KSPN Los Angeles. It, it just, I, it's not exclusive to the NBA. There seems when you're a team like the Warriors or the Cavs and you get to the finals and you lose, it feels okay. They're going to get another shot at it. But there are there's always that team that gets there, has a chance that maybe has a, a, a champ like the Warriors on the ropes, but they don't finish it off. They don't get that final game, get to the finals and get a chance to do it. Then it just never happens again, and, and they never are what they were before. You look at that Oklahoma City team, and obviously different reasons they started moving guys out, but they got to the finals and it felt like okay, they're going to get it. They haven't been back since. Yeah, no, it happens a lot in sports. I remember when I came into the NBA, um, I was in Miami, and you would hear Dan Marino talking about that. You know what? It was his second year in the league, I think. Yeah. Gets to the Super Bowl, and he just figured as a young guy, well, I'll be back. And, and of course, never got close to it again. And, And you're right. I mean, and that's why I think teams, when you have that window where you've got a chance to win, you got to take it because this idea that it's going to be there for long periods of time, that doesn't happen with everybody. I wonder, too, Stan, that with this this Laker team in particular, what we're talking about, this you you there's no guarantee that it's going to continue to build. That when you hope so, you hope to put the pieces together that one piece stacks on top of the next and we're getting closer. And if we do get to the top, we can stay there for a period of time. But because LeBron, and I, I agree with you, despite the fact that it's his 16th season, he's still the best player in the league or close to it and seems to be getting better but does having LeBron in his 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th seasons here in LA when he's under con do you have to even more so accelerate the decision making process because at least as I see it having LeBron here and not winning a championship in those four I can't worry about post LeBron while I have LeBron I need to maximize the minutes here do you make decisions based exclusively on that LeBron is at the top of his game right now I can't worry about what Kyle Kuzma or Brandon Ingram or whoever might be in five or six years I need to worry about what's going to happen now this season Uh, look if you're talking about winning a championship LeBron's here now there's got to be a sense of urgency to put the people around him that give you a chance to win because you're right after LeBron who knows what's going to happen and I I keep saying this but I LeBron keeps defying it at some point the guy's got to go on the decline right at some point theoretically (laughs) yeah at, at some point he's got to be Albert Pujols you know, the greatest hitter of a generation Mm -hmm. who goes on a decline. Um, I I know he keeps defying that, but I don't think you can count on him going on forever at the top of the game. So you got to get the people around him as quickly as possible. And I think Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka fully understand that and will try to accelerate the process as much as they can. Pujols is a perfect example because when Pujols went bad, it happened fast. I mean, he he went from being the best player in the league, the best hitter in the league, multiple MVPs, just a guy that was lights out, to a guy that was pretty mediocre, to a guy that it's he's he's not Albert Pujols anymore. 
Is that coming? Because I, I wonder if LeBron isn't different for a variety of reasons, but that I, it feels because he's so smart of a player, because he can do so many, he can pass, he can post, he can do all these different things, that if that decline isn't just insanely gradual, that maybe you look up from two years from now, instead of being one of the two or three best, he's one of the six or seven best. And then two years after that, he's one of the 11 or 12 best. I don't think he goes from one to 15 to 25 to he's not in the conversation. No, but the one thing that can always accelerate those things is, you know, an injury, even when you can bounce back from, right? I mean, you know, he gets a knee injury and, and he's he's got to have surgery and stuff, you know, I mean, that can accelerate that. I mean, look, the end of Kobe, as great as he was, came with the Achilles. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just happens. And so um, other than that, no, he's got good years left, I think, probably for the life of his contract. But that's only three years after this. And so... Either those guys like Ingram, Kuzma, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball have got to develop very, very quickly now and really accelerate, or they've got to find somebody that goes with him, you know, on the free agent market. And if they can't pull in that star on the free agent market, then they're going to have to consider parting with one or two of those young players to get that guy who helps them more right now. Is there is is there any question? Your last one before we let you go, and I got to run out the door. Any question that Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram at some point will both be stars in this league? I don't think there's much question on Ingram. I still question on Lonzo. He just he's so inconsistent offensively, not only in his efficiency and how well he shoots the ball, but in his aggressiveness and things. So I'm not as I'm not as sure on him. He's gonna be a good player. Yeah. But but is he gonna be a star? I'm not so sure. Stan Van Gundy joining us here in studios on the jump today. You got Sports Center hits. You're a busy man. I am a little bit busy. Good. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Thanks a bunch, coach.